We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey! Roto-Grinders presents your first word in daily fantasy sports. The Morning Grind, Stevie, TPFL, and company are here to jumpstart your analysis on today's DFS slate. Without further ado, here's your host, Stephen Young. Hey everyone, welcome to the Roto-Grinders Morning Grind podcast. I'm your host, Stevie, TPFL. It's Wednesday, it is May 1st. 2019 we have nine main games we're going to talk about the five early games as well we're brought to you by fantasydraft.com if you haven't checked them out make sure you check them out at fantasydraft.com sign up through the rotogrinders link so you get access to any promos that we run with fantasy draft and if you sign up through the links you'll get three months of rotogrinders premium for fantasy draft so if you haven't already make sure you head on and check head on over and check them out i'm joined by my good buddy Genie for 07. Grant, how are you doing, my friend? I, th- I think good. Something just happened that got me an extra $800, and I have no idea what. So, Did you play Gallo? Yep. There it is. There's the answer. I'm, I'm just full of answers, buddy. That's what I'm here for. You're always full of answers. He You're did like... it off a of lefty, too, which is just Gallo style. I mean, it's, as long as he, it's not whether he can hit the ball hard off a lefty, it's whether he can hit the ball off a lefty. So, yeah, no, apparently now things are going better, I guess. Now I'm winning more money. It's been a whirlwind, whirlwind three to five minutes here. <laughs> yeah. Well, like my best team today is my cash lineup, which is so weird, I guess. Like you, you want your tournament teams to outscore your cash lineup, but you also you want your cash lineup to be really good and like, Today, my cash lineup on Fandle put up 172.8. So it's a really good day for me. So, um, but, you know, we move on to Wednesday. I'm excited to talk about the early slates. Uh, we're going to cruise through the early slate. There's a little bit to talk about, uh, but, you know, for offenses, it's just an absolutely stacked slate. There's a lot of places to go for offense, and um, pitching is where you're going to have to kind of make a difference. So let's get started on the early slate. We start Oakland. At Boston, Mike Fires, Victor Hector Velasquez. Uh, any interest here in Mike Fires? Nope. Yeah, that's where I'm at. His xFIP is almost pushing five since the start of last season. ISO numbers are really high. A lot of fly balls. A lot of hard contact. It's a day game in Fenway with all that high hard contact. Um, not going to go there. And um, Hector Velasquez on the other side, very low strikeout pitcher, pitched a contact type of guy against a team that you know, can put up a bunch of runs. So I'm going to pass on um, both of these guys here. Yeah, smart man. I, I pretty much swear off Mike Fires every time he's in a good hitter's ballpark. I mean, he's perfect over in Oakland, the high fly ball pitcher with those big foul ball areas and and sea level and all. Everything works in his favor, but this is not the same spot. I agree. Uh, let's talk bats. Uh, Oakland, 
guy that stands out to me the most here is Chris Davis. I, I talk about it all the time. He's very good against sinkers, and you know Velasquez is going to throw his um, sinker quite a bit. So obviously he's one of my favorites. Chapman's one of my favorites. Um, those are the two Oakland bats that I love. Um, but I think you can play just about any of these Oakland bats here um, if you want to. Yeah, no, it, it's it's pretty much every single person in the lineup. I mean, even if you want to use whoever the catcher is, that's fine. Velasquez is not a very good pitcher. All these Oakland bats are good. They strike out at a de- a lot of them strike out at a decent rate, but Velasquez doesn't strike out a whole lot of guys. He's basically just trying to get ground balls, and a lot of these bats know how to put it up into the air. So. Yeah, start off with Davis and Chapman, who put the ball up in the air a whole lot here. Um, but Simeon's fine. Grossman's fine. Morales is fine. Piscotti, Pinder. Like, Pinder's the guy that I really like to throw in for uh, GPPs because the guy has a whole bunch of power. And if you're not worried about the strikeouts, if he's batting down the order, a lot of people tend to avoid him outside of, like, Fandle, where he's always priced a little bit too low. But pretty much anyone in this entire lineup, in this entire game, is in play. Yeah, Boston, absolutely a smash spot, um, as the cool kids like to say. It's an awesome spot for them. All these guys, uh, one through seven. Moreland's going to carry lower ownership now, right? Like, they've moved him down in the order. You know, they moved Devers up. Xander's moved up. You know, they're letting this Chavez guy move up in the order. And I, I just feel like it's going to lower the ownership of Mike or, or Mitch Moreland. Um, it did on a 15-game slate. I don't know if it does it as much maybe on a five-game slate. Yeah, but, I mean, people are still going to go with all the guys up at the top. They'd rather throw Devers into the lineup because he's also a lefty, so Marlon's down the seven hole. People go with him, and then people are going to continue to play Jackie Bradley Jr. Uh, in the eight hole even, considering the implied team total here. And if it, as long as he's priced low, I mean, he's pretty much always, always in play here. So, I mean, just literally every single bat from this game I would not argue with. All right, ball or not? Yeah, Tampa at Kansas City. The first half, uh, the first game of the doubleheader, we got. Um, it sounds like it's going to be a, you know, Snineck start. Beeks come in and be the relief, long relief guy, and then we got Jacob Junis, um, who was supposed to pitch uh, tonight, is actually going to pitch the day game, or Snell's going to pitch the night game. Uh, let's talk pitchers here. Do we have any interest in Jalen Beeks? If it is confirmed, he's going to be the guy. I mean, you kind of have to. This entire slate is just not very good for pitching. There's, I mean, bats are great, but there's one or two viable pitchers here. So, Beeks is in play. I'm not real happy about it. I hate playing Tampa Bay relievers, but he's 5K. You're going to need some money to pay for bats. So, Beeks is honestly probably the third option for me on this slate. And that's still not something I'd be terribly happy about. Can we just insert his last appearance against this team onto today? And I'll just gladly take it. You know, he put up 25 fantasy points against this team last time. Bunch of strikeouts in this game. Um, obviously, that was at home. This is in Kansas City. Um, uh, yeah, Beeks is in play. He's a lefty against Kansas City. They're not a very good offensive against, against left-handed pitching. So I don't love it, but um, there's a reason the, the, the Tampa Bay is a really heavy favorite here. And, um, I just, I'm just going to roll with it, I guess. Um, any interest in Jacob Junis? Not really. I mean, he's in play just because of terrible pitching, but it's strictly a GPP flyer. On um, If you have that exact amount of money left, you can roll with him. But there's no reason to really want to play him. I mean, Tampa Bay has a decent strikeout rate, but Junis isn't really that great of a pitcher. He's not got a high K rate. He is just kind of average all around. And I get that it's over in Kansas City and the – Weather outside is going to be decent for pitching, but it's still not someone I really want to play. So, like I said, if you don't like the other three or other two pitchers that I three pitchers I talk about, then you can go with Eunice because he's the only other. You don't want anyone from the Rangers game, pretty much. You don't want to take pitching there, and you don't want to take pitching from the Boston game. So, on a three-game slate, essentially, when it comes from a pitching perspective, you have to consider all the options that are at all viable. Um, let's talk bats. Tampa first here. Um, probably going to be pretty low owned when we look at the slate. You know, we have Texas and Pittsburgh, and you know Shelby Miller is pitching in that game. So obviously Pittsburgh is going to get a lot of ownership. Baltimore, Chicago. David Hess is pitching in that game. You know, Chicago could get some ownership. We talked about Boston and Oakland. Is this a spot we use Tampa to fill in, or do you use them as a low owned stack? I mean, I use them as a low owned stack. Um, they aren't really priced that high. 
and they're one of the better hitting teams in the league. Like people don't ever really want to play them. And like they are a very well put together team with a decent amount of power. Um, they're playing over in Kansas City, which isn't great, but it's going to be humid over there. So I don't know. You can Roth can figure out what the dew point is, but it looks like it's going to be decent hitting weather there, or like just all right hitting weather. When considering this slate, considering Arizona's on there, and like people are automatically going to go straight to the other places with great ballparks like you can think about using the tampa bay bats because there's a lot of power there and they can hit it out of the ballpark yeah, yeah. you know nate low cheap yandy diaz always has a bunch of power Choi, brandon lau um and you know fam zanino as a catcher um it'd be interesting to see who catches the first game because whoever catches the first game probably won't catch the second game so i don't know if we'll see zanino in there maybe for snell in the late game but you know i'm certainly i certainly like tampa I'm going to use them as fill-in pieces. They're pretty cheap. Um, and then on the Kansas City side, nothing really standing out to me. Um, you know, Honer Dozier's been fen- phenomenal, and, you know, Mondesi and Merrifield always have upside. Um, is this a spot you want any of these guys? Dozier. It's, it's pretty much just Dozier for me. Guy's a good hitter. Um, Witt and Mondesi are fine, but I don't really want to play them. Um it, it's it's just Dozier as a one-off. It's really the guy I'm going with. And it helps they has multiple position eligibility. Same thing with Witt. But there are better bats pretty much all the way around. This is a five-game slate with five viable stacks, six viable stacks in all reality. Yeah, I will say I like Dozier's price on DraftKings today. It's the first time it's been under 4K in a while. It seems like he's been priced up quite a bit. And um, this is only the second time in the last 10 games his price has been under 4K. Uh, Pittsburgh and Texas, Jamison Tyon against Shelby Miller, 10 and a half total here. Um, let's talk Pittsburgh. Uh, do you have any interest in, in Tyon? Because I know neither you don't have pitcher, any interest. Neither in pitcher is in play. I didn't think I, I, I didn't have interest. Um, <laughs> yeah. like Tyon's a guy that can go out and get strikeouts, I guess, but uh, I just there's 10 and a half total, like that tells us a lot. Uh, let's talk Pittsburgh bats. Uh, what are we doing here with Pittsburgh? All of them. It's the same exact situation as yesterday. A bad pitcher going against Pittsburgh, who hasn't been great lately. And they like people are going to look at what happened on Tuesday and think, oh, they only put up a few runs, and that was all later on in the game after a few home runs. But Pittsburgh had 10 hits and a walk before they actually got a run, which is incredible. Um, very, very tough to do in baseball. But all these guys are going against Miller. That's just a horrible pitcher. I'd start off with Polanco, but Marte, Frazier, Bell, Cabrera, Moran, uh, uh, Cervelli, Reynolds, literally every single person, one through nine, is viable. And if you want to go a little bit off the board, then you go with a stack at the lower end, and it should be fairly low on considering. Yeah, anybody that didn't watch the Pittsburgh game, the top five batters left 15 guys on base today. Like, that just... Just tells you how close your stack was to going off. If you didn't watch that game, it was they 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 hit the ball well. Just yeah. So uh, going right back to the well in Pittsburgh, uh, really like them. Like you said, it, it's Shelby Miller. You know, Shelby Miller hasn't really shown us any type of strikeout stuff. Everything he throws gets hit hard. So um, Pittsburgh, all these guys. Um, Saravelli got hurt, so it'd be interesting to see who catches. It'd probably be Diaz. Um, he'll probably likely be pretty cheap too. So. Um, Got to like Pittsburgh here as long as the weather is okay. Uh, Texas Bats against Tyon. You know, obviously it's a better pitcher here in Tyon. What are you doing with Texas Bats? I mean, I love Gallo. I love Mazzara. I love Odor. I love Chu. So lefties here. I mean, Tyon has decent numbers against lefties, but he doesn't strike them out at a large rate. So Gallo's high strikeout rate makes him a fantastic play here. Um, He limits hard contact, but... The way that this weather looks in this game, again, it's going to be wind blowing in, 82 degrees, humid. Like, the ball's going to fly. So the hard hit rate is a little bit less of a concern there because he's still just an all right ground ball pitcher that strikes out a decent amount of guys and he's much, much worse versus lefties. So use the lefties in here and fill out your stack with the righties here. Andres and Pence are both fine, but the lefties are the ones I'm prioritizing. Yankees and Arizona Diamondbacks. We got Tanaka against Merrill Kelly. No total in this one. The roof is expected to be closed. Uh, day game in Arizona makes a lot of sense that the roof will be closed here. Um, 
Any interest here in Tanaka? Yeah, yeah, he's the top pick play on this slate in all likelihood. Just such a bad pitching slate that you just go with the guy that's actually like has some strikeout ability. We do have a total for it. It looks like it's an eight, and uh, we have Arizona just a three point eight five implied team total. It's the second lowest on the slate, and then the next closest one is four point one five, and then it pops up near five for every other team. So just from run prevention, Tanaka is like the top option outside of a long relief guy. And if you're looking at strikeout upside, he's got more than pretty much anyone else on the slate. Doesn't walk a whole lot of guys. And we obviously worry about the random bombs that he just gives up for no apparent reason. And while there is a little bit of power on this team, don't being closed. This is Arizona. It's it's going to work out real well for him for limiting home runs. So Tanaka is very clearly the top play on the entire slate. Yeah, certainly like Tanaka, have no issues with playing him today. Um, I think we can make an argument uh, for Carlos Rodon, 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 um, in the next game. We'll, we'll talk about that when we get there. But I think that you made a lot of excellent points when it comes to Tanaka. Um, and, and you know, looking at the other side of this game, like Merrill Kelly, depending on the type of lineup that he gets here, it, you know, he's shown really decent stuff against righties, um, you know, really mixing it up with the curveball, the changeup, and the fastball. But he struggled with lefties. But when we look at this lineup, all the power comes from the right side. Is this a spot you potentially could play, Kelly? I mean, he's in the same category as Eunice, just – you play him if you have that exact amount of money. I'm playing on going high-low the entire time. Like, two of the guys I'm using are the cheapest, two of the cheapest guys on the slate. The other two guys are the most expensive. So if I can't find the money up or I don't want to change my bats, then it's going to be Kelly or Eunice that I'm going to go with as my SP2. But my plan right now is to try and avoid them and just go high-low with my SP1 and 2. All right, sounds good. Um, Yankees bats, what's standing out to you here for the Yankees? I mean, Voight, Sanchez, Torres are the only three that I'm really looking at. I know that uh, Kelly has been a bit better versus righties and lefties, but I don't really want to use Gardner or Troutman. Like, neither one of these guys are great batters. They don't have a huge amount of upside, and the bats on this slate are ridiculous, so... It, it would just be Voight, Sanchez, or Torres for me, and I'm not. I'm probably not going to plan on playing any of them outside of maybe Sanchez if I have the money. Um, Arizona, Peralta, if you want. Um, Walker, just hoping if you that, want. Yeah. yeah, yeah, just guys that uh, even Escobar, like any guy that can hit for power. Like I've said, Tanaka is a guy that. Like, he doesn't have a huge hard hit rate, and he's not a big fly ball guy, but he always gives up, like, a ton of home runs over the course of the season because he'll throw a pitch out there that just doesn't break or just throws it at the wrong time. It's 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 one of those weird things where you don't expect it, just looking at his overlying numbers there, but, like, it just happens. He throws a bad pitch that gets hit out of the park. So uh, just any guy that can hit a bomb, but it's not really a requirement by any means considering – there is so many games with good weather and good bats or bad pitchers that there's going to be bombs hit. Um. All right. Last game on this early slate, we have Baltimore at Chicago. Fanduel only had the three early games. They only have Boston, Kansas City, Texas, which makes it really interesting over there. Uh, but um, we have David Hess against Carlos Radon. Um, nine total here. Radon, a one forty-three favorite. Um, no interest in Hess, right? Nope, I've got interest in Hess. I've got a decent amount of interest in Hess. We just saw what he did okay. against this team, and it was not very good. But like I said, there's not a whole lot of good options. If you want bats, you're going to have to pay. pay. You can pay up for Tanaka, and then you're going to have to settle with either Beaks or Hess. Hess is so much cheaper, just 4500 on this slate. And a lot of people don't remember this, but through, I think, four innings, he was at a one-hitter, I believe, in the last game against this exact same White Sox team, it's not a great, like, it's not a great spot in terms of limiting damage, but there are a lot of strikeouts in this lineup, and there are a few not great bats here. I know that they have most of their bats in here outside of Jimenez, but Hess is a guy that can get enough Ks, and as long as he lands on the right side of Babbitt, then he can do all right here. Honestly, 
if I play a few or a decent amount of lines from here, Hess is probably going to be in 60% of them. And it's not because he's a great pitcher. It's just a high K matchup and there's upside. And it's just the way that roster formation plays out. Fair enough. Um, I don't really like him, but I understand why you like him. Um, I'm more likely to stack against him, but completely understand the reasoning behind looking at him. Um, I personally, I probably just will play Beeks, but I, I get it. Um, Beeks could get rocked. Hess could get rocked and Hess could score more points and Hess is only 4,500. Um, Carlos Radon on the other side, like I said, I think I can make an argument for Carlos Radon being the top overall pitcher on this early slate. Um, just looking at how bad this team has been against left-handed pitching this season and, Outside of a couple starts, he's just he's been really, really good this season. Um, coming off of a terrible start in Detroit, this is a great bounce back spot for him. Yeah, Rodon's a guy with a whole lot of like he's been a good prospect, and at times he's shown great stuff. This Baltimore team, it's like it's not very good versus lefties. It's it's that simple. It's not very good overall. I mean, you have to wait and see what lineup it's in there. And I probably have a little bit more interest in if Davis is in the lineup, but like this is not a very good Baltimore team. Radon's on this five-game slate. I much, much prefer Tanaka, but I will play some Radon um, if I can't afford Tanaka or just to mix things up a little bit. But eight out of ten times I'm going with Tanaka over Radon here. So he's my third favorite pitcher on the slate, but it's my first favorite pitcher is only 300 more. Um, Baltimore bats, anything stand out to you for Baltimore? Mancini is fine. Um, outside of him, I don't really want to use a whole lot of guys against Radon that are not good hitters. So Mancini, or you can stack it up if you think Radon's going to be chalky, but I'm staying from Baltimore. Um, and then on the other side of this game, you know, the White Sox, even though like you said you'd play Hess, do you mind like on the teams you don't have Hess, are you going to have White Sox? No, absolutely. Um, White Sox are one of the top stacks on this slate. Realistically, it probably goes Boston, Pittsburgh, then the White Sox um, in terms of how many, how much fantasy points is going to be there. Hess is a guy that gives a whole bunch of fly balls, gets a decent amount of hard contact, doesn't strike out a huge amount of guys. This White Sox team is created to beat up a pitcher like this. I know I'm playing Hess, but it's strictly the way that things will play out, that you need money, and there's only a few amount of pitchers, and there's you play this game 100 times, Hess is going to get 20 points, 25 of them. It's just that simple. So, But 20 of these, if you play 100 times, 20 of the times, White Sox are going to go for 10, 12 runs. So I'm playing Hess, and I'm playing the White Sox. Fair enough. Um, I, I like the White Sox a lot. You know, Moncada is one of the top plays on the slate. If Alonzo's in there, he's really cheap. Um, not as cheap as he was, but he's certainly worth looking at. Delmonico could make um, a nice little salary saver. So it's going to have to kind of see how this plays out. But um, I like the White Sox. You know, David Hess is a guy that has struggled against lefties and righties now um, since the start of last season quite a bit and gives up a lot of fly balls. So um, even a guy like Garcia, who hits a lot of ground balls, even a guy like Tim Anderson, who hits a lot of ground balls, like all those guys are, you know, in play as well. Yep. Robinhood is an investing app that lets you buy and sell stocks, ETFs, options, and cryptos all commission-free. While other brokerages charge up to $10 for every trade, Robinhood doesn't charge any commission fees. So you can trade stocks and keep all your profits. Plus, there is no account minimum deposit needed to get started, so you can start investing at any level. The simple, intuitive design of Robinhood makes investing easy for newcomers and experts alike. Very View easy-to-understand charts and market data and place a trade in just four taps on your smartphone. You can also view stock collections such as 100 Most Popular. With Robinhood, you can learn how to invest in the market as you build your portfolio, discover new stocks, track your favorite companies, and get custom notifications for price movements so you never miss the right moment to invest. Robinhood is giving listeners of the Roto-Grinders Morning Grind a free stock like Apple, Ford, or Sprint to help you build your portfolio. Sign up at fantasyfix.robinhood.com. That's fantasyfix.robinhood.com. We move on to the main slate here. Uh, no Cubbies, no Mariners on this main slate. We got nine games. We start with St. Louis at Washington. Miles Mikolas against Max Scherzer. Scherzer 
a 175 favorite in the seven and a half total. Uh, what are we doing with Miles Mikolas? Not playing him, not playing against him. Uh, he's a guy that doesn't really have huge K upside. More of a just good real-life pitcher. Lots of ground balls, does not walk guys, does not strike out guys. Not going to give up a bunch of home runs, not going to give up a bunch of hits, not going to have a whole bunch of base runners, but not going to score a lot of fantasy points. I have no desire to use him, and I'm probably not playing Washington Bats. Um, Max Scherzer, obviously he's really good. We have some really good pitchers on this slate. Like this is, um, this is like when, you know, we get that rotation where the, we get a lot of the aces. Um, what are we doing here with Scherzer? He's one of the top plays on the slate for cash, uh, for tournaments. I don't mind the fade. Like he, he, if, if ownership wasn't a thing, then Max would be my top option. Um, but ownership is a thing and I'm going to use Max in cash if I have the money for it tournaments i'm probably going to fade him for the most part if it looks like he's going to be one of the chalk be the chalkiest guy it's kind of it's kind of a similar situation to what bauer and garrett cole were today now with the balls being juiced like it's any any great pitcher can get beat up a little bit and just have a mediocre outing and any pitcher can just do great i'll some shares of in tournaments i'll play him in cash but i'm probably going to be underweight on the field i don't think anybody's going to be like extremely chalked today because Kluber against Miami in Miami, Ryu against San Francisco in San Francisco, Aaron Nola against Detroit, Stroman in LA taking on the Angels, like McHugh against Minnesota. Uh, there's just there's a lot of really solid pitching options today. So I don't know if anybody necessarily is going to be chalked, but I'm going to certainly be looking at projected ownership today and trying to take advantage of one of these aces potentially being lower owned. And I'm kind of guessing that's what you were talking about when you're just saying like, if Scherzer is going to be very popular, I'm going to be under. And uh, with all these other options, we, you know, we have places to look, but Max Scherzer, phenomenal play. Um, you know, a lot of righties in this lineup, maybe two lefties, potentially three if Fowler's in there. Um, just an excellent spot for Scherzer just to shut down this lineup and, and dominate this game. So. Um, Love Scherzer. Um, Grant, what are we doing with St. Louis bats? Is there any bat? Let's just, is there any bats in this game that you play on either side? I mean, you can play Goldschmidt or Carpenter at low ownership, but I like, I, I don't want to go out of my way. I mean, Scherzer work will occasionally give up a bomb, and those are the two most likely candidates. I more lean towards Carpenter because of his price, but. This is a big slate, and I, you just long run. You never make money targeting guys against Scherzer. Just going for that one home run, he's probably going to give up. It's just not a good play. I'm avoiding all bats in this game. Uh, let's talk Washington bats. You know, Mikolas has been really, really good. Um, not really, really good. Not ace good, but a good real life pitcher. Is there any bats that you want to target against him here? Nope, he limits. Uh, fantasy points against so no i i don't like he's he's got a 3.9 x fit 50 percent ground ball rate like the runs he's going to give up are likely going to be off just random bat bunk ground balls no reason to go with any of these guys although if you want to stack it up and hope that some bad bullpen arms get in play then that's fine i'm gonna stay away from this game outside of sure yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't mind Adams, a massive fly ball guy. Um, I, I don't mind him if he's cheap somewhere. I don't have pricing up in front of me. I never look at pricing before I break down a slate. And then, like, Soto's always in play. The guy just – he can hit home runs off of anybody. Adams but 4,400, so. He's 4,400? Oh, yeah. man. He – um. He's 2,900 on FanDuel. I think he's playable over there. Uh, don't have Yahoo up in front of me, but I was able to play Yahoo this weekend because I was out of state. And um, he was min salary on Yahoo, so I don't know if he's still Yahoo min salary or not. But uh, Detroit at Philadelphia, we got Daniel Norris against Aaron Nola, eight total. Nola, massive favorite here, two fifteen favorites. Um, what are we doing here with Daniel Norris? Uh, nothing. Philly's a good team. Norris is not a great pitcher. Philly has a decent K rate, but nothing fantastic. Just slightly below average, but. I'm not using a guy with that's not a good pitcher that can walk guys that gives up hard contact that gives up fly balls against a good Philly team. It's a cross off for Norris. 
Yeah, uh, just there's nothing that suggests that we should play him here. Um, nothing when you when you're looking at plate IQ, and everything is red. Um, outside of maybe a strikeout rate against a team that doesn't strike out that often, so um, definitely not playing Norris. Do we continue to roll the dice with Aaron Nola? Um, you know, against a team that's probably going to be pretty right-handed heavy. Yes, I think you do. I mean, currently they have a 3.2 implied team total. Nola is only 9K. I'm willing to buy into how good he is. He's not walking a whole bunch of guys outside of his first start of the season. He's got 30-point upside at 9K. That's more than enough for me going up against a trash Detroit team that has one, two good bats. Like, he's just that good. Even if it's a right-handed, if it's a right-handed heavy lineup, then... Like I, I'm gonna roll with it regardless. Nola is just too cheap considering his upside. I'm gonna spread in him with the other aces here just because he's too cheap. Yeah, I like Nola a lot. I'm not all about looking at you know just a small sample size like from just this season. He has struggled this year. It's been a really stuff, really tough start to the season for him. But even if we look at that, like. It's still an American League going into a National League ballpark. They're going to lose one of their everyday bats. It just everything lines up for Nola here. So um, I, I'm going to take the talent and just hope that whatever is um, been wrong just kind of bounces back here. Um, Detroit bats. Is there anything standing out to you here? Nope. I mean, it's not one of those slates where Nola's going to garner 45 percent ownership. In which case, it makes a game theory like logic to stack against him hoping he has a bad game. He's not going to be high enough owned. The ceiling is not high enough for this team. I'm I'm just going to fade Detroit. Yeah, I could I could see why you can make an argument how bad Nola's been this season to potentially stack Detroit, but I'll be honest, I'm probably not stacking a lot on this slate. Um I'm going to use bits and pieces of everything and lower my entries today i don't um there's not a lot of offenses that i like on this main slate um philly is an offense that i like though um this is a team that grant we we can expect some runs from usually and this game's in philadelphia great hitters ballpark uh philly you know probably a top three stack for me on this slate yeah yeah they i, I don't know if i go yeah probably top three for me too um they're just norris is that bad He's giving up fly balls. He's giving up hard contact, as I already said. And like, there's some good bats in here. Uh, I'd probably start with Hoskins, followed by Harper, but Segura, McCutcheon, Real Muto, they're all great plays. And it's never a bad idea. People always forget to play or don't play Franco because of his price tag, but the guy can hit a bomb or two. And all theory, if he ends up making the lineup, then he's not terrible versus lefties, even though. His numbers don't look great. He still is a fly ball guy that can get enough hard contact here. 36% hard contact, 42% fly ball rate. He's going to be almost entirely unowned on this slate because he's going to be batting eighth in all likelihood if he makes a lineup here. And he's just 3,400 over on DK. Like He's a guy that no one's going to want to play, and he has some upside. Yeah, I like um I don't mind him. I like Gene Segura here. Uh really low walk rate, really low strikeout rate. Gonna put the ball in play, and that's all we can ask for um at the end of the day. And JT Ramuto on DraftKings. I don't ever hate paying up for a top catcher. I typically always punt catcher, but if I'm gonna pay up, like Ramuto would be the guy I'd be looking at on the slate. Um that's kind of it for me. I don't really have anything else in this one. Yep, I'm on the next one. Cincinnati at New York taking on the Mets. Anthony Desclafani against Jacob DeGrom. Uh, seven total DeGrom, a 197 favorite here. Uh, do you have any interest in Desclafani? Uh, very little. I mean, very little. It's just because I'm not really sure who to pay down for on this slate. When you get under 8K, like the options get a little bit tough here. So Desclafani going up against this Mets team, likely without or still without Cano, I, I, I'm going to consider it. He's got a little bit of upside. It's in a decent pitcher's ball, or a good pitcher's ballpark, which will help limit his hard contact worries there. Um, he is bad against lefties, so it could go wrong, but 
Like, again, there's not many guys under 7K that are any good here. So he's on my list, but he's not that high up. Yeah, made me some really good money um, on Friday. Was it Friday? Um, absolutely dominated in the game on Friday. So definitely a soft spot for him right now, but it's DFS. I don't care what you did for me last start. I want you to. I want to see what you do for me this start. He's going to be a lineup guy for me. If there's four, five lefties in this lineup, I think you can fade him, and it's perfectly fine. He's very good against righties. Struggles a lot with lefties, um, and they have good lefties in the Mets lineup. You know, we, we've been picking on them a lot over the last couple of years, but this lineup is certainly better. Um, and I don't want to pick on it if um, they have too many lefties in there. Uh, Jacob Degrom, <laughs> you know, obviously, any time somebody gets hurt during the middle of the season, it's it's always tough. Um, Eighty nine pitches in his first start back from the elbow feeling like it was on fire injury um he didn't have it against the brewers the other night uh what are you doing here with the grum i mean he's still on my list currently cincinnati has a 2.8 implied team total here may not have been great the other day but like he just his last two starts you look at the numbers he's just gotten a little out of control and then the one before that he got unlucky the guy still has 40 45 point upside in any given matchup and the Cincinnati team is just all right. I mean, everyone kind of strikes out at an average rate. There aren't any bats that you're really worried about outside of Votto. So DeGrom just, like, he's right there with Scherzer, with Kluber, with Nola. Like, those are the four guys that are the aces on this slate, and I will just mix and match throughout my lineup. They all have huge upside. I'll probably tend to gravitate towards the two or three that, have the lower lowest ownership. Yeah, I'm a little concerned, um, but I will say like that last start in, against the Brewers, I know they had a rain delay uh, before that. So it's always tough for a pitcher to, you know, sit on, sit and do nothing. And then like have to go out there and after you're waiting and waiting and waiting. So wasn't like ideal. Um, I don't mind DeGrom here. I am worried that like Cincinnati doesn't strike out a lot. A lot of these guys uh, put the ball in play and they walk and they're very patient. So I worry about all that. But if DeGrom's going to have low ownership today, I'm certainly going to take a few shots on him. Um, is there anybody from Cincinnati that you'd play here? No. That's kind of where I'm at. Um, I don't ever hate playing Suarez, but I don't know if this is the right spot. Um, Mets, I don't mind you know, potentially playing Nimmo, Conforto, McNeil. Um, and then if I'm going to do that, I don't mind maybe, you know, throwing Alonzo in there. Yeah, yeah, you're exactly right. Descalfani is much worse versus lefties than he is versus righties. And those guys got a decent amount of power. And then Alonzo, it's, yeah, I mean, he just, he just crushes the ball. So uh, any of the top four are fine. And if you really need to round out a stack, then Frazier or Ramos over on TK is not the worst idea in the world, but. It's mostly the lefties outside of stacking. Cleveland at Miami. We have Corey Kluber, Caleb Smith, six and a half total. Kluber, a 157 favorite. Uh, any interest here in the Klubes against Miami? Yep. Like I said, Nola, Scherzer, DeGrom, um, and Kluber, four guys that I'm going to go with. Miami's not a good team. It's over in Miami. They have a 2.9 implied team total here. Kluber hasn't been. As good as we've seen him in the past this year, but uh, he is still a good pitcher with a lot of K upside. And when there's not projected to be a whole lot of runs, and that's when you use him. And this is one of those spots. So Kluber, right there with the top th other top four pitchers on the slate. Yeah, I, I like Kluber. I like both pitchers in this game. We'll talk about Caleb Smith in a second, but um, I like Kluber. I like his price. I think he's going to be pretty popular today in cash games. Um, it'd be really interesting to see if people pay up for Scherzer or if they take Kluber against Miami. Um, you know, especially after Kluber's last start, not going to worry me too much. The home runs worry me, but like when you're facing a team like Miami. Hopefully, Trevor Bauer kind of struggling on Tuesday lowers Kluber's ownership a little bit. But, um, you know, Kluber, I'm, I'm certainly considering Kluber over Scherzer and Cash just because of the discount and not seeing a ton of value options, um, at, you know, pitching for SB2 and, you know, just overall. Um, Caleb Smith on the other side of this game. I like Caleb Smith a lot, Grant. Um, 
I I keep saying this. I think he's a really good pitcher, um, and he's starting to really show it this season. I know if we look back from the start of last season, you know Santana, Ramirez, Lindor all hit left-handed pitching well. Outside of that, this team stinks against lefties. And when we look at this season, like they're 27th in WOBA, they're striking out at a league high 28.1%. Uh, I guess it's the second le- highest. Um, Pittsburgh Pirates are striking out at a league highest against lefties this season. But I, man, it's really hard not to like this spot for Caleb Smith. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. you guys got good stuff. He's slightly cheaper than Nola and Kluber, which. I don't think he's going to draw nearly the ownership of those two. So I have a lot of interest in Caleb Smith over in tournaments. Like you said it, like there's a few teams where you just target uh, lefties pitching against them. And Cleveland, while they do have Lindor back in the lineup, which does help, uh, Cleveland's one of those teams that I do that with. So, yeah, he's he's probably fifth on my list in terms of pitchers today. But he's still very much in play for GBPs. Yeah, like I, I'm seriously, I, I, I think you can consider playing both of these guys in the same lineup in cash games, but that might be crazy on this slate. I don't mind being crazy. I don't ever play chalky cash lineups, so um, perfectly fine with me. Let's talk bats here. Is there anything standing out to you on the Cleveland side? No, I don't. Ramirez or Lindor, but I really don't want any bats in this game. I don't want any bats at all in this game. I think this is going to be a low-scoring game. Um, just nothing really standing out to me upside-wise. Um, yeah, it's it's kind of where I'm at here. Yep. All right, San, San Diego against Atlanta. We got Cal Quantrill against Max Freed. Um, eight and a half total Freed. A 165 favorite. Uh, do you have any interest in Cal Quantrill? Very, very little, and it's just strictly because of the price tag and the aces there on the slate and the lack of lack of great pitching options in the middle. Uh, I don't expect him to do well. He's not a very good pitcher. Like Looking at his minor league numbers, he doesn't look like he's going to be a strong strikeout guy. The upside is limited. You're just basically hoping on 15 points out of him, knowing that everyone else down at the bottom is just kind of a trash pitcher. So strictly a price play. Nothing in the numbers suggests he'll do well. It's just hoping on luck with Babbitt home run to fly ball variant, but this Braves team is not the kind of team that you should really rely on that too much. So just strictly, if you need to pay man press guys, not the worst idea in the world. Yeah. And the thing about it, like he's not very good. Um, he, he's not bad, but he's not very good. His whip is really high in triple a, his strikeout rate, not very high. Um, Seems to be able to get ground balls. Um, doesn't give up ter- terribly amount of home runs, but he's really just getting called up because like the San Diego pitching staff is so so young that they they want a extra day in between some of these starts for Strom and Paddock and those guys. But it, it's just not a spot that like outside of just a flyer in tournaments to get some bats. Um, I would play him, and you're really just doing that because he's fifty five hundred. Um, on the Atlanta side, Max Freed, uh, a kid that I really like. This guy, he's super talented. I was, you know, I, it was awesome to watch him pitch in person um, on Friday, and I'm super impressed by this guy. I am a little concerned in this spot, though. He's facing a very right-handed, heavy power team. What are we doing here with Max Freed? Top option in the middle. Like I mentioned, Descalfani and how bad it is in the middle there, like in that seven or under eight K range. Freed is the top option and going up against San Diego 3.7 implied total right now, while the weather is decent for hitting over in Atlanta, he's the guy with the most strikeout upside in this range here. I, you have to pay down for someone at your SP two or else you're sacrificing a lot of bets. And to me, it's Descalfani, it's freed. And then it's all the way down to Quantrill and you don't want to really use him. So, I will have a decent amount of ownership and freed on today's slate. I don't care that this Padres team has some power. They still strike out at a good enough rate here. They have enough good strike or decent strikeout bats and enough bad bats that you have to use them against this guy that's very talented. And if he doesn't walk a whole lot of guys, he could get out of this game with a pretty darn good score. Yeah, you always you always worry about his leash. Um you know, Tampa is quick to pull him sometimes, but 
pitched really good um, against the Rockies in his last start and gave up a couple hits in the last inning um, to Arenado and Story. Um, and it went from being like a really, really good outing to a mediocre outing. So um, I, I certainly like Freed here. Like you said, it's just a price thing. Like in this range, there's not a ton of options. Um, bats, anything on San Diego standing out to you here? I mean, you can go with the power guys. Freed still gives up a whole lot of whole lot of hard contact here, so it can end poorly with him. So Renfro, Machado, Reyes, Myers. Even this France guy, he like looking at his minor league stuff, I think he's still minimum price over on uh FanDuel. I will stack up San Diego because I'm expecting a decent amount of ownership out of Freed, and any one of these bats can end up with a bomb here. So Many stacking up San Diego is not a terrible move with these power bats. And San Diego is really cheap on FanDuel. You'll be able to stack San Diego and get a top-end pitcher, so that's where I like them. Um, I, I like them a little bit more on FanDuel than I do on DraftKings. Um, I think that I, I think that like there's a good chance that they could get um, shut out in this game and Freed can pitch really well, but like you said, the weather is really good here. This is really good hitting weather. Mid-80s. Um, you know, eight and a half is one of the highest totals that we have on the slate, which is kind of crazy, but it is what it is. So, uh, and Ty France is still men's salary on FanDuel, by the way. I know you were asking about that. He's 2K at second base. So, um, interesting value there for sure. Yeah. Also, something to keep in mind Padres were one of the best mini stacks today, and TA Ron was one of the better pitchers today. It can happen where it works out both ways when you're dealing with a guy that give up a lot of hard contact it's time for spring cleaning quips got an easy way to start with brush with your t- brushing habits just two minutes twice a day can help pave the way to a healthier mouth and mind and now the whole family can get refreshed with quip the new kids quip has the same two minute timer and guiding pulses as our original version with no childish gimmicks so they can brush just like a grown-up Sensitive sonic vibrations for an effective clean that's gentle on your sensitive gums. People brush too hard, and some electric brushes are just too abrasive. That's why Quip is a really good toothbrush for an electric toothbrush. Brush heads are automatically delivered on a dentist-recommended schedule every three months for just $5. A friendly reminder when it's time for a refresh to stay committed to your oral health. 75% of us use old, worn-out brussels that are ineffective, and Quip is one of the first electric toothbrushes accepted by the American Dental Association, and they're backed by over 25,000 dental professionals, and they have thousands of five-star verified reviews. I like my Quip toothbrush. I use it every day. I've been using it ever since they sent it to me. Um, I absolutely love the pulse timer. It's one of my favorite things about it. Um, I'm always trying to move as fast as I possibly can. So it helps me um, get the proper amount of time to brushing my teeth each and every day. And um, that's why I love Quip and why over 1 million happy, healthy mouths do too. Quip starts at just $25. And if you go to getquip.com slash rotogrinders right now, you can get your first refill pack for free. That's your first refill pack free at getquip.com slash rotogrinders. Moving on here, we have Colorado at Milwaukee. We have Sensatella against Chase Anderson, nine total. Um, Anderson, a slight favor here. Do we have any interest in Sensatella? No, Milwaukee's too good. Sensatella's not very good. Doesn't only strikes out guys at a 17% clip. Worse against lefties. I, I don't really know. I don't want to use him. So. Yeah, this is a very good fastball hitting team, and he throws a lot of fastballs. So hard pass for me. Um, Chase Anderson, what are, we, what are we doing here with Chase Anderson? I probably won't end up using him. Uh, like He's in that weird range where 6'9", where he may find his way into one or two of my lineups. Him and Pena are kind of there. That Like, I'd rather get up to Freed or Escalfani or, like, but that's not always an option. So him, Pena, and Anderson are two guys that I don't like that I may be forced to put into my lineup. Anderson's got decent stuff in this Colorado lineup on the road with the bottom of their lineup that has McMahon, Desmond, Walters, 
and a pitcher. Like, there's a little bit of upside here if he can make it through the top of the lineup, but he's not someone I really want to play. Yeah, and the interesting thing here for Chase Anderson is, like, you're just hoping that, like, he's at, like, 80 pitches in the fifth inning, has 15 fantasy points after the fifth inning, and they go to the bullpen. You get your win. You call it a day. Um, that's kind of what you're hoping here for Chase Anderson. Like, it's just you're not you're not going to break the bank with him, but, like, give me 15 to 20 points at this price, and I would be ecstatic. Um I'm not going to rule them out. 6,900 is not the worst. Uh, let's talk Colorado bats. Uh, what are we looking at here for Colorado? The top of the order, and that's pretty much it. I mean, Anderson's beginning of last year gives up a near 40% hard hit rate to righties. Lots of fly balls. Miami or Milwaukee is a very good park for hitters, as we know. Um, so, Arnado, Story, Blackman, Murphy, Dahl, McMahon, if you really want to, are all. Decent plays. I don't mind the stack. They're going to be fairly low owned, and even though they're away from tours, this is still a decent situation here. Um, I like the top four. You know, Dahl, Blackman, Story, Arenado, Chase Anderson. Kind of a reverse splits guy for a couple of years now. Um, a lot of fly balls, a lot of hard contact, and um, Arenado, Story. You know, obviously two guys that can get you the upside that you need. Uh, Milwaukee's my favorite stack in the slate, Grant. I, I know, you know, stacking against Sensatella didn't work um, in his last start against Atlanta. I'm going right back to the well. He throws his fastball a ton, and this is a spot that I just want to absolutely load up on the Milwaukee bats. I, Depending on the weather and the Houston game, they are probably my favorite stack, too. Jesus Aguilar just absolutely tearing things up right now. I've been using him the last two days almost entirely because of his price tag. And things have been working out very, very well. Not going to change things today if he makes it into the lineup. He's too cheap, 3600 But outside of him, I mean, just look at these other guys in the lineup. Like Ustakas, if Yelich is back in the lineup, obviously Yelich is a great play. But Grandal, Braun, Shaw, all of these guys are very – very good hitters going up against a guy that gives up a decent amount of hard contact and it's over in Milwaukee. There's not a whole lot of great spots for bats on this slate. So yeah, Milwaukee's a very, very good stack today. One of my favorite and one of my favorite plays on the slate again is going to be Aguilar. Yeah. Um, it'd be really interesting to see if Yelich is back or not. Um, you know, if he's out, maybe that lowers the ownership a little bit for the Brewers, which is awesome for me. I love the spot. Like, Shaw and Jesus Aguilar, like you said, both of those guys really cheap. Um, you know, that that's going to make cash games a little bit easier, um, just plugging those two guys in to get the value and, um, you know, just taking and running away with that value. Um, I don't really have anything else to add. You know, you pretty much talked about everything I want to talk about. Um Grindall, if I was paying up for a catcher today, I know I talked about Real Muto. Grindall's another guy, um, one of the best fastball hitters in baseball, so um, certainly don't mind Yasmani here. Uh, Houston at Minnesota, nine total. Colin McHugh, Martin Perez. Uh, McHugh, a 150 favorite. Um, McHugh's been a guy that you know I've used a bunch this season. I, I don't mind him in this spot, uh, but I like him more against left or right-handed heavy teams, and they got a lot of lefties in this um, Minnesota lineup. Yeah, and this Minnesota lineup's pretty good. Looking at the weather, I mean, if the weather is still looking like not great hitting weather and if there's a decent umpire in the game, then I don't mind going with McHugh as a tournament guy. Like, obviously, I prefer, prefer going up a little bit more with Caleb Smith, Nola, Kluber, but McHugh is in play for tournaments, bar or assuming that the weather isn't great and there's a decent umpire. If, if it's the other direction, I have no interest in him. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. I just I, I don't see myself ending up on him. I, I like this range. There's a lot of good pitchers in this range. You know, paying up or paying down, and I, I don't hate him, but I don't think I'll end up on him today. Um, Martin Perez, I don't think I will play Perez here. Um, he's not been terrible this season. I, I played him against Baltimore in his last start, but that was Baltimore. Um, I don't think I can play Perez even at 5,900 today. 
Yeah, low strikeout team going against a low strikeout pitcher and a very good hitting team going against a pitcher that is not very good. I'm going to pass. Houston righties are, you know, certainly something we're looking at depending on the weather here. Um, you know, Springer, Altuve, Bregman, Correa, Gariel, maybe White gets a, a, a good lineup spot here. I don't hate Brantley against lefties, but, you know, Martin Perez is a guy that gets a lot of ground balls against lefties. And Michael Brantley is a guy that hits a lot of ground balls against lefties. So um, I'm probably going to pass on Brantley today. Wouldn't even hate it if he got a day off. Yeah, yeah, no, I will. This is, depending on the weather, this is either my second or first favorite stack on the slate here. Obviously, Springer, Bregman, Altuve, Correa are all four of the top hitters. Probably guys I'm going to be throwing into my cash game lineups. Outside of him, I don't mind Stassi. I don't mind Giriel. I don't mind White. Perez gives up a decent amount of hard contact. Lots of hard contact to righties. Does not strike them out. Walks a lot of guys. There's going to be people on base. This should be... Houston should be the highest scoring team on the slate. I am going to stack them up everywhere. Absolutely love them, and I'll stack them up pretty much every which way. Brantley will even make it into some line. He's hasn't been great versus lefties, but I'm not expecting Perez to go more than four or five innings tops. So you still get a decent amount of innings against a relief pitcher here, and likely Brantley's going to go the lowest owned of all these guys. So, yeah, I'll stack this up. I'll play every single player here, and I'm looking at Springer, Altuve, Bregman, and Cray for cash. Yep, I have no issues with that. Uh, any Minnesota bats that you want to play here against Colin McHugh? No, no, not really. I don't mind a potential three-man of Polanco, Cruz, and Rosario, um, but it's just more of an ownership type of thing. Uh, I'm not going to go out of my way to play them but um don't mind them if they're a little bit low owned here uh nelson cruz has home run upside against any pitcher so don't mind that uh dodgers and giants seven total ryu against Bumgarner. ryu a 148 favorite here um any interest in ryu no no i'd rather go with kluber i'd rather go with no i'd rather go with smith again that it is over in san francisco um and that he's done well in his last few starts and that he did well against San Francisco not too long ago. I'm worried about how many pitches he's going to get allowed. I get that he's had 105 and 92 in his last two starts, but he was striking out everyone. And like, there's so many lefties in the lineups that it's just advantageous for it to keep him in. Like going up against Pittsburgh, they're a 30% K rate versus lefties. So it made sense to not take him out of the game. I don't really want to deal with. Ryu not getting a huge amount of upside going against the San Francisco team that doesn't strike out at a huge rate and possibly getting pulled at 85 pitches. Yes, he'd end up with 20 points, but I'm looking for 30, 35 point upside in my pitcher if I'm paying this much. Yeah, I don't mind him, but pretty much everything you said when we're looking at the slate, like the slate's pretty loaded at you know at that 9k to you know to the top range. So I think Ryu is certainly in play. I don't think he's the worst play on the slate. Um, but I just, I worry about like him getting like an 85 pitch game and, you know, just crushing his upside. So I like the spot. I love lefties against San Francisco. Love the spot. It's just it's more David Roberts than it is the pitcher here. Um, Madison Bumgarner on the other side. Do we have any interest in Bumgarner here? No, no, another guy that's just a little bit too expensive for me to really consider. I get that the Dodgers have a 3.9 implied team total, and that Bumgarner is only 8,400, but not the biggest upside in the world. More about limiting uh, production from the Dodgers here. Uh, I don't see a huge amount of strikeouts. I get that the Dodgers are worse against lefties, but yeah, I mean, I'd just rather uh, – there's, there's so many pitch, pitchers on the slate that I'd – Bum Gardner is not going to make my list. Yeah, and you know Justin Turner hit his first home run in the game, or first home run of the season on um, Tuesday. So maybe you know here it comes. It's time for Justin Turner to start getting hot. But uh, Dodgers bats, is there anything standing out to you here? 
I mean, it's over in a tough ballpark, but I'm always interested in stacking up the Dodgers. And you mentioned Justin Turner. He crushes lefties here, and he's 3,500. Turner's absolutely in play as a one-off. I'm not going to be surprised if I end up using him in cash because of his price tag here so that I can pay it for pitching. Like Dodgers a bit, Bellinger's been good. It's a tough ballpark, but, I mean, as a deep, deep sleeper team, I don't hate the stack. Or even taking some of the power bats here as one-offs or as a mini stack. Yeah, I'd be immersed as a BVP guy, not to mention Kiki Hernandez in this spot. He's 21 for 42 with five doubles and four home runs off of Madison Bumgarner. He just crushes Bumgarner from some odd reason. But uh, Team BVP, like I said, I'd be, uh, you know, I'd get in trouble if I didn't mention Kiki Hernandez against Bumgarner. So I do like Kiki here. Um, Enrique Hernandez, if you want to go that way, but um, you know, I certainly like the spot for him. I do worry about like if he's batting leadoff in this spot, I, I worry about him potentially getting pinch hit for in a situation where like they could bring in like Jock Peterson or somebody. So that's the only concern that I have with Hernandez for like cash games, but I do like him for tournaments. Um, anything on the, the Giants side here? I just know. Any of the bats I would look at are lefties, and I'm not I'm not playing them versus Rio. Completely cross off the Giants. Yeah, I, I have zero interest in the Giants. You know, kind of one of the reasons I was saying like Ryu is is certainly in Ryu is certainly in play. It's just it's just more of like the coach. Uh, last game on the slate, we got the Blue Jays and the Angels, eight and a half total. Stroman against Pena, pick'em game. Um, any interest here, in Marcus Stroman? Not really. Um, I'm not paying eight eight for him. That's that's it. He's just overpriced. Angels not that great of the team. He may not give up a whole lot of runs, but strikeout upside is not nearly what it should be for that price. Angels currently have a four point two implied team total. There's just no reason for me to go with Stroman. He could get twenty five here, and that's still not going to make me that happy. Yep. Uh... Yeah, kind of, kind of the same thoughts here. I don't really like. If Stroman was cheaper. I think you can make a strong argument to taking a shot on him in this spot. But with him being where he's priced at, uh, I just can't do it. And I will say, like, he's healthy. He looks good. Um, I, I think he's a really good real life pitcher right now. But it's just more of the price. Like, he's expensive on Fanduel and DraftKings today. I just, I, I can't pull the trigger. Um, any interest in Felix Pena? Very little. I mean, this Blue Jays team is not great. There's enough strikeouts there, and Pena has an ability to randomly strike out a whole lot of guys. Like I said, he's in that under 8K range where you just kind of have to, like, you got to find someone, and he's got more upside than Anderson, than Miklas, than Norris, than Sensatella. Like, if you have to find something with a cheap SP2, and he's realistically one of the best options for tournaments. And he throws a slider. And he throws it a bunch. And he throws a lot of sinkers. And he throws it a bunch. Um, I'm going to be honest. I, I don't like a lot of cheap pitchers today. So Felix Pena is in play just because of that. Um, he throws a slider against Toronto. And this game's in LA. Um, I have interest because of that. And that's really where all my interest goes. And I don't really have a lot to back it up outside the fact that he throws a slider a lot, and he gets a lot of ground balls with a sinker, and hopefully that can create some double plays and some strikeouts. I just worry more about pitch count than anything else. Um, they don't typically let him go deep into games, but if we can get five strong innings out of this spot from him um, at this price, it's it might be worth it here um, if your bats go off. On top of that, uh, well, on the flip side of that, if I'm looking at Toronto bats, like Tells and Smoke are certainly in play here. They're not like home run plays. Like I got to have them in my lineups, but if I was looking at guys, those would be the guys that I'd be looking at. Yeah, Tells, Smoke, Vlad, Gritchick are all fine. They all hit enough power. Pena has enough of a high hard contact rate where he can get taken out of the yard. I'm completely fine with any of the power bats, and if you want to stack things up, because Pena is probably going to have a decent amount of ownership, considering how bad SP2 is. 
Yep, I, I mean, I got to remember Vlad's called up. Like, I got to make sure I mention him when I'm talking about this team. Um, any interest in the Angels hitters? Trout is Trout. Um, he's always in play. Other than him, no, nah, no. Nah, Stroman's too good of a real life pitcher. Doesn't give up a whole lot of fantasy points to opposing players. Just not worth it for me. Yeah, and I don't mind Calhoun. Um, we talked about this a little bit yesterday. You know, Boggs. And I, you know, Calhoun has definitely changed his swing where he's hitting a ton of fly balls. Um, massive ground ball pitcher, fly ball hitter. Um, I, I like the spot for Calhoun. And um, I don't mind Goodwin either. The guys keeps hitting home runs. Like, it's so random that, like, him and Calhoun are – their fly ball rates are so incredibly high right now. And, like, you know, Goodwin hit another one tonight. So, like, certainly has a little bit of upside. Um that's all I really got from this one. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty much it for me, too. Let's play the morning grind game, and then we'll get out of here. Grant, under 8K, give me a pitcher to get six or more strikeouts today. I guess I'll just go with who we just talked about. No, no, I'm going to go with Freed. All right, Max Freed. Um, I'm going to take Pena because I just don't like a lot of options under here, and I think – with enough lefties in that lineup, Descalfani might not get there. So I'm going to take Pena um, over 8K to score under 15 fantasy points. Who's your bust today um, in a very loaded type of pitching slate? Uh, I'm going to go ballsy. I'm going to go Ryu. All right, Ryu. I <laughs> I don't like any of these guys to bust, really, but... Um... Give me, give me Bumgarner, I guess. Yeah, that was the other guy. That was the, that was the easier choice. Uh, over four K to hit a home run today. Who do you got to hit a home run on the main slate? Ah, uh, Springer. All right. Um, I'm gonna go Moose Tacos. I don't even know if he's over four K. Just kind of assuming he's over four K. Is he? Yes. I'm going to take Moustakis um, to go yard here. Uh, under 4K to get two hits. Who do you got? This is really more of a home run call, but I'm going to go with Aguilar. Man, maybe a hit two again. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. Two home runs is two hits. That is true. That is true. Um, there was a guy that I really liked, and I forget who it was. I hate when I do that. I don't write it down. Me, I've got a memory like a fox. My memory stinks. Do foxes actually have good memories? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, I appreciate you stalling for me. I, I, I do appreciate that. Sorry, I understand you got a memory like a goldfish. The one, <laughs> one animal I do remember that has a bad memory. Uh, just give me uh, Travis Shaw. Um, I can't remember who it was under under 4K that I really like. It might have been Turner. Turner Kiki. Um, BBP. Kiki is four. He's right at 4K. All right, Grant, give me a stack to score six or more runs on this slate. Oh gosh. I don't want to go obvious. Well, I'll just let you have Brewers. I'll take I'll take Houston. I am not going to say Milwaukee. I already said they're my favorite stack. Um, I'm gonna say Atlanta. Young kitchen. Young pitcher making his debut. Um, Atlanta sneaky stack. I hope it's sneaky. We'll have to see how this play plays out. Uh, Grant, as always, appreciate you joining me. Uh, any final thoughts before we get out of here? Nope, nope, I got none. On that note, we're gonna get out of here. We'll be back tomorrow talking some more baseball. If everyone has an awesome Wednesday, good luck in your contest, and we'll see you then. Take it. <laughs>